<laughs> Welcome to the 200th episode of the Kindling Fire podcast. The reason I'm laughing is this is like my freaking millionth take of an introduction. You're going to want to check out this show and you're definitely going to listen to the end because I'm going to put all my uh, attempts at a great introduction at the end. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says with God you can and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Hey, again, thank you so much for joining the Kindling Fire podcast. You know, I am uh, was shocked, actually, to, to realize that we were at the 200th episode. Uh, you know, I've been doing podcasting for a while. I actually looked back. Actually, my first episode was done March the 3rd, 2017. That was almost six and a half years ago. And as I said in the introduction, you're going to have to wait to the end. You're going to see all my fumbles and blusters and I can't even come up with the words of me trying to do the introduction, which is so funny because six and a half years into it and I'm still having bloopers. Hey, today we're going to be talking about AI and the opportunity for the gospel in AI. So, you know, AI has been kind of hitting the news like in the last couple months. And and one of the things that I've noticed uh, pretty predominantly is, you know, like this doomsday kind of stuff you've seen on YouTube, you've seen on podcasts. Oh my gosh, AI is so awful. And our new technical advancement is evil. And I even I even saw an article that said that um, somebody, a church replaced their pastor with AI. That is BS. That did not happen. Somebody was definitely doing clickbait on that one. So guys, I actually am in the technology field. I actually do know something about generative uh, artificial intelligence, uh, large language models, and all the other buzzwords around AI. So on this episode, what I'm going to do is going to be part educational and part sort of my take or my commentary on AI. So uh, I'm, the information that I'm going to provide is from my own experience based being in technology and then uh, something called the AI Dilemma. So the Center for Humane Technology, which is based out of Silicon Valley, they did a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Uh, which was fantastic. I highly recommend it. And they just recently, in March, released something called the AI Dilemma, which they've been looking at this, um, uh, you know, field of area, and they're kind of raising different concerns about where it is. So what I want to do is I want to start with education, right, as best I can provide you, and then I, you know, you need to go to YouTube and, and look up the AI Dilemma for more information. So let's start here. There are six fields of AI that are starting to combined together that is why ChatGPT and OpenAI and Generative AI and large language models, LLM and all these things are start hitting the news and people are like, 
you know, what are we talking about? Well, I just want to kind of break it down for you a little bit. So first is there was a field of study called AI in computer vision. And what that was is uh, a camera tied to um, a computer with software interpreting the image and then being able to recognize the image. That's a person's face. That's a flower. That's a building. That's this, this specific building. You know, and so it's basically taking input and learning uh, from the input and it's a learning model. So it would be like, oh, I, you know, I, I recognize that, I categorize that. Now the next time I see that, I can say, is this it or is this not? So that's one area. Another area has been speech recognition. So think of Siri, you know, or Alexa, or um, any of these other uh, kind of language where they can interpret different languages and literally in different languages uh, and be able to interpret what you're saying. Um, and so, you know, that's all over our phones. That's been a big area. And you've seen all these technology advancements um, in that space if you use any kind of voice-related technology. The, rich, the, uh, the next is speech synthesis. I can't speak as well to this, but it would be sort of like stringing words together. And so being able to interpret sentences, not just a word, but a sentence or a request and the association of those words with each other. Again, think of the mathematics behind it. Very complex to be able to create these, you know, millions of associations so you could determine the context of this is a question about fill in the blank, whatever you asked. Robotics, of course, um, again, is an area, big area of AI. Music generation. So these are all the, um, I listen to a song and then you, and then the algorithm recommends the next song. Uh, you know, songs are put in categories of like genre, uh, tempo, uh, time. There's all this what we call metadata in the tech field uh, about music. And all that metadata is associated with the number of times you listen. And, you know, just there's the math behind it. It will really start to stretch your brain. But music generation, music recommendations, you know, the whole algorithm like, hey, if you like this song, you probably like this song, like all of that has been an AI area. And the last one is image generation. So I have a designer friend, he's been looking at this quite a bit, where it's basically like, you know, make a hotel in the clouds and, and it just takes that language and then it will create an image for you. So, you know, technology advancements are not new. So what, you know, what is actually going on here? So what the, the big sort of coalition moment we're at is all these fields have been in separate fields of study. And what's happened is that um, they all started to get to this point where they said, you know, all of the inputs for these uh, can be language based. And so then like an, an area of improvement with speech recognition, uh, whatever they learned there uh, from a learning model could be used in image generation, etc. And now all information can be language and inputs into an AI engine, which basically is software that is learning as it goes. The more information it has, the, the faster it gets, the more accurate it gets, uh, the more it learns. Think of it as uh, early days of Siri, if you ever use Siri, and it, how it would never recognize your voice, and then you know how much it's progressed and how well it will recognize what you're saying. So you can take software code, and that can become a language it can interpret, and then it can write code for you videos come in as a form of language and then it can you know create new videos and this is where the whole deep fake thing stuff is and also the facial recognition stuff you know um, being able to have presidents and different people you know 
appear to be saying something that they're not. All the text of the internet. So one of the power of Google, or uh, uh, the power of Google, was that they had bots or, or uh, software that would go and scan web pages, and then they would categorize every word they found on the web page. And so then when people search for something, they would be able to co um, correlate uh, the search with web information that they had already you know put in a big database because they've been scouring the internet so all the text of the internet now becomes a source of information for ai all the images uh become so all images period can become a source for ai sound robotics biometrics dna fmri which is um i actually don't can't speak to that because uh you'll have to watch ai dilemma on that one um uh, music the stock market everything starts to become language inputs for ai engines that will learn based on the more information you give it okay so that's sort of the big ideas and the reason why it's coalescing is because everybody is standardized now on a, on language being the input for AI engines. So all these different disciplines of AI will benefit from innovations from each other's um, area. And now it's gotten to a fever pitch to where, you know, ChatGPT kind of made its, you know, uh, 23, uh, 2023 kind of debut into the mainstream of society. Well, AI has become very personal to me uh, for the reason I'm about to share with you. So in February this year, uh, I've been a part of a very aggressive uh, tech startup out of Silicon Valley uh, who uh, the founder, the CEO, basically went uh, publicly and stated that in um, with ChatGPT's advancements, uh, companies no longer need marketing departments, bar none. And then within two months, he fired 90% of the marketing department and I was laid off. That's the first time I've ever been laid off in my career. And he's really um, a, a, a technocrat to some degree, really trying to push the boundaries of how well ChatGPT could actually work. And in that specific case, you basically feed all the, the internet data, all the proprietary data of the company, and then you say, write me something for a CEO of a financial insurance company uh, written in this language uh, that's this long, that's persuasive, and you can put all these inputs into ChatGPT and it will just write something for you. And so his view, if you had subject matter experts, uh, you could use AI to generate marketing material for very specific people. Uh, I'm not saying he's wrong, uh, but he definitely is taking a big, big bet because he let go most of the marketing staff and he's going to try to use the subject matter experts, the engineers and the, and the product management team to, to generate content leveraging AI. So, but I was affected. So, so I should be down here, you know, pounding my fist saying, AI's of the devil, I lost my job. Uh, and that's totally not what I'm doing here. Um, what I started, to, so as I um, was really starting to take in everything that's going on, it's not just about AI, that just needs to be the hot topic of the day or the latest advancements really. So uh, before I tell you um, kind of the implication of the gospel, I'll just make this one statement. Basically, based on the advancements that, that were made when they scoured the internet, found all the information, now you can search Google. Searching Google, I'll just kind of 
be a futurist here for a minute. Searching Google is going to go away. And ChatGPT and AI is going to start to take over that motion. Because effectively what AI is, is it's an ability to recognize patterns and then and then create new new information based on those patterns. So for instance, um, you can get my voice and then based on that, I can type out, hey, I would like a donut. And then it will take my voice and say, hey, I would like a donut. And then it can take my face and, and take all its di different measurements. And then it can type out, hey, I would like a donut. It can make a video that says, hey, I would like a donut. And I never said any of those things. All they did was got a, a, a voice print, a, an image print. And so that's one way it can be used. Another way it can be used, uh, and the reason why I think it's gonna replace Google is that you can just say, hey, what is this? And instead of saying, here is a list of 25 things, of websites that has information about what you have, it just will give you a definitive answer. Um, and again, it's emerging technology, so that definitive answer may be you know, suspect. Obviously, it's amoral. Um, it is a machine. <laughs> it is software uh, responding to patterns. So, you know, it, it's um, it, it. That's just what it is. So, all right. So, I say all that to say this: What is the opportunity for the gospel? So, one of the things that deep fakes and and other kind of uh, false. I think there was like a, recently a video release about a bombing of the Pentagon that some people saw and people freaked out and it actually didn't happen. It was all AI generated. Here's sort of the big idea that I wanted to present about the opportunity of the gospel. And I, I'm so stoked about it because it's, you know, as there's technology trends, there's also trends in the church. There's trends with what God is doing. And so this is my take on kind of the opportunity of the gospel. So first off, um, uh, where do I start? Um, what, one of the things that I've noticed with my children who kind of, you know, especially my younger that are kind of like technology first, technology all the time, embedded technology and everything they do is that they are very, very suspicious. Um, they're constantly getting sold to, they're constantly getting pitched to everybody wants kind of a piece of them. And so when they receive things through social media, through, uh, internet, or really pretty much anything, if they don't have a personal trusting relationship, they tend to doubt it. Meaning they're probably not the person they appear to be. Uh, they're probably are not the thing that they're offering me is probably not true. So there's this massive, like suspicion culture that's starting to emerge and with the AI explosion that's going to happen I guarantee it the the what is real is going to become a massive question what is actually real did they really say this is this really this person calling me on the phone asking me for my social security number is this really the person I think it is on this video saying these awful things it's everything's going to come under suspicion and the big question is, what is real? What is true? And if you're in that situation, how in the world are you going to determine whether it's, especially if it's on the other side of a screen, phone, whatever, how are you ever going to know it's true? How are you ever going to know it's real? And it wasn't just completely AI generated. This is going to get massively a problem because people are really not going to be able to distinguish what's real and what's not, especially if it's presented to them on the other side of a the screen. So 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little missionary uh, story that I'm familiar with called Peace Child by uh, a missionary called Don Richardson. The book's called Peace Child, and it was about his experience with this tribe. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, how he solved that dilemma, how God gave him a creative idea and showed how to do that. And then I'm going to talk about uh, the opportunity of the gospel as it relates to this missionary story. So let's tell the missionary story. First off, this missionary went to this tribe and one of the and he told the gospel and one of the ways that they responded to the gospel was oh, judas is a hero and he was like what no jesus is the hero why do you think judas is a hero embedded into that tribe the most the highest ideal of that tribe was to gain the trust of someone and then to betray them if you could gain the loving trust of someone and then murder them you were like the most, the highest form of, the highest ideal in this tribe. So that was the tribal culture. And the tribes around this area had that tribal culture as well. So they were constantly warring and fighting each other. And so then he was trying to figure out, how do I present the gospel when they think Judas is the hero because of their cultural biases? And we all have cultural biases, FYI, if you're not aware of that. Um, and so... What uh, he basically discovered was there was this practice that undermined uh, the culture. And that's what I'm about to show you with our, our gospel opportunity in presenting Jesus to this new generation with these new advancements and, and the implication of these advancements. So this was the practice. Basically, the practice was that they would hand a two tribes would get together. They, one would hand a, a child uh, a, a, their a child, a son or a daughter from their tribe to the other tribe. And the other tribe would do the same. And as long as those children, they were raised as their own, and as long as those children lived, they were, um, there would be peace between the tribes. That was the only way that they could um, do something that they could actually trust. And it was called peace child. Well, that's effectively what this missionary used to present the gospel, which was God sent his peace child and gave us his son. And, you know, get the book. It's amazing. Now, what does that have to do with AI and what's the opportunity for the gospel? Here's what it is. The culture is going to increasingly, like this tribe, increasingly have a bent towards skepticism, non-trust of absolutely everything, and it's only going to exponentially get worse, where everything beyond the screen and likely everything in large environments that cannot be personally verified through a personal relationship is dubious and is suspect, like, is it real? Um, and so, What's the, what's the solution to the gospel? So basically, it's personal testimony, personal relationships, so that when you say, Jesus did this, Jesus is this, Jesus, uh, the truth of the gospel is true in my life, um, they can verify it through a trusting relationship that you have with them. Can big preachers and big churches do this? No. Can I do this and you don't know me personally? No. Can somebody on YouTube do it? No. What, what, what is going to be the opportunity for the gospel? The nameless, the faceless, as um, uh, some people in YM like to talk about it. It's like the, the non-celebrities, the, the people that know Jesus and their friends and neighbors and co-workers being able to say, wow, I know you. 
I I know what you're about and you're telling me Jesus is real. They it's so hard to dispute. Versus like I need to bring somebody to a church cuz already the culture is predisposed to whoever you are you want something, whoever you are you're not trustworthy, you're probably lying to me, you're too It's like the the the, the society is going to get so skeptical and so uh, suspicious that really the only way to verify the truth is through that relationship, which means the church, this mass gather kind of thing, is going to need to get scattered in the smaller, verifiably relationship communities. And that's how this is the opportunity of the gospel. Now, that might be a far jump from AI to, you know, having the relation, the relational um, credibility to say the gospel is real. Jesus is real. Here's my life. Here's my history. You can verify the facts. You can talk to the people that that are in my home or my other friends. This is true. You become the greatest gospel weapon, not some big show with a big speaker with a lot of, you know, sort of uh, consumers. And and it's like people are going to get so sick of that. That kind of Christianity is going to stop working. And and it really needs the, 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 the power of the gospel and it gets distributed to the body of Christ. And every part of the body needs to be presenting the truth of the gospel. You know, I love that scripture in Revelations and it talks about they overcame the enemy through the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. Revelations 12, 12. The word of your testimony and the blood of Jesus, that is going to combat uh, this society that's going to increasingly fragment, increasingly ask the question, what's real? What is true? How can I know anything is true or variable? Just like God gave the peace child in that culture, I'm telling you, God has given us a key through relationships. Reach across the aisle. Make relationships. Build trust. Present the gospel. It doesn't have to be a preacher. It doesn't have to be a YouTuber. It doesn't have to be somebody on the podcast. It doesn't have to be on the other side of a book. You don't have to hand them something. You are a walking testimony of the truth of the gospel and the word of God. And whatever word of God that you know, just like Jesus said, tell them what you know. All I know is I was blind and now I see. And he said, go, preach that gospel. I was blind and now I see. And that's what he did with the blind man. He healed and that's he commissioned them immediately. He said, go to the leaders and speak this to him. And they knew who he was. He had, there was a relational aspect there so they could verify that, yeah, you know, this, you know, he was blind. We've seen him in our town being blind. And so anyway, I love you guys. I'm so excited these last six and a half years to, to have been able to pour out my heart here, bring on amazing guests and, and just, you know, lift up Jesus in any way possible. So I think the, this new trend has got an amazing opportunity for the church. If they'll stop bashing it, they'll stop being like alarmist and, uh, and all this stuff and actually see the power of God and the opportunity that we have to combat that this trend that's only going to get worse. So start to build those relationships. You are empowered by the power of Christ. He's already commissioned you. Have the Holy Spirit. Now just reach out and let the people know how good Jesus is through your personal testimony and the Word of God being real in your life. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a fan of The Kindling Fire all these years. Thank you for listening to the 200th episode. And now I will show you how bad it was trying to start this show out. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, welcome everybody to the 200th episode of The Kindling Fire podcast. Hey, welcome to... Ah! Woo! Wow! Hey! Woo! <laughs> so excited what a milestone you're gonna have to want to check uh, ah, oh, welcome to ah, welcome to the 200th episode of the kindling fire podcast I'm hey guys thanks for listening to the podcast if you want to connect go over to instagram search troy mangum or the kindling fire and we can connect there and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch i am doing a youtube channel so we do video formats of these podcasts and we'd love to have you look there okay guys until next time be awesome